0: One of my favorite lines of the Torah is in our Parsha. I love it when you can get down to the core of things, and that's what the Torah does in the first line of the fifth aliyah of our Parsha in Ekev. Do you want to know what it's all about? Moshe boils all of life down to one issue. Okay, it's really about six or seven things, but who's counting? Moshe says, And now, Israel, what does Hashem, your God, ask of you other than to fear Hashem your God and to walk in all of his ways and to love him and to serve Hashem your God with all of your heart and all of your soul to guard the mitzvot of Hashem and the statutes God commands unto you today for your goodness. So in just two sentences, Moshe sums up the meaning of life. I mean, you could go to this one verse and there you have it. The only thing you have left to do is just define all the asks in the list. What exactly does it mean to fear God, walk in his ways, keep his mitzvot? Granted, those details are important, but for starters, you could take these verses, write them down, stick it in your wallet, and you basically know what to do in life. In essence, this is a statement about what human greatness is really all about. And please take note, human greatness has a lot to do with God, with Hashem. The name of Hashem comes up again and again in the verse. Depending on how you count the words, God's name is mentioned about seven times in these two brief sentences of the Torah. But let's step back for a second. If these sentences really sum up what it's all about, we might ask, is it really about Hashem? Now, of course, according to the Torah, the answer is emphatically yes. The position of Jewish scripture is that we live in order to know and serve God. But there is a fundamental tension in our world. We Jews tend to think that it's all about knowing God. Many other non-Jews also follow in the path of monotheism. And accordingly, to be human means that we emanate from a divine source, and we must appropriately reflect that in our lives. Many ideas in non-Jewish society come from that, like the idea that all men are created equal with inalienable rights. On the other hand, more people today have a different idea. We don't need Hashem. After all, science has enlightened us to the point of understanding that man is just a combination of energy and matter. Even morality can be explained as a mere chemical reaction in our brains that somehow advances the cause of evolution. So instead of seeing man as a, as a telemelochim created in the image of God, many people see man as merely a combination of matter and energy. And if you happen to feel an inner spiritual yearning, don't worry. Somehow evolution dropped that into your DNA, and that has something to do with the survival of the fittest, I guess. Now, needless to say, Moshe was not going to give such a view of the world. But as we explore what it really means to be human, we could ask ourselves, why didn't Moshe just say to the Jewish people, what does God ask of you other than to be a good person? He could have said something like, just do what it says in the Parsha of Mishpatim. If your ox gores someone else's ox, make sure you pay for the damages. Just be a good person. Just follow like half of the Ten Commandments and just don't hurt each other. According to the Jewish people, though, clearly, being a, quote, good person doesn't suffice. And nor does it suffice to think of man as simply a combination of matter and energy. There's something much deeper that we have to get to if we want to come to the true realization of who we are. And our Parsha expresses this idea explicitly. It it states, God afflicted you and let you be hungry and then he fed you the manna, the man, that you did not know and your fathers did not know in order to teach you, that man does not live by bread alone, but rather, by all that emanates from the mouth of God does a human being live. And so the lesson of the Mun is that life itself is dependent upon God, and our physical needs, needing to eat, present us with a way of knowing God. And given this, we then have to ask, how do we explain this idea to our generation? Now, there are some obvious problems with the idea that science teaches us that we're just matter and energy, and so just be a good person. I mean, for example, ostensibly the Nazis were pretty good scientists. I don't think that the young secularists today would look to them for much of an example. What is the basis of morality if not God? For me, there are points that are even more urgent in this discussion. The first is that while science is incredibly, incredibly valuable, it does not provide a comprehensive understanding of how a human being should live. On a related note, Science can provide a description of how things came into existence, but it n- does not teach us why, or the meaning of life that people yearn for. Science describes the physical parts of the universe, but not the metaphysical. When we think about the world in light of this underlying search that we have for meaning, we realize just how rich our heritage truly is. Torah Tzivalanu Mosha Morasha Kihilas Yaakov the Torah is an inheritance. It's something that is of deep and enduring value. And Judaism taught the axioms of human life to the world. Just consider one tiny corner of our vast literature, Pirkei Avos, Chapters of Our Fathers in the Mishnah. In one simple line of that penetrating work, our rabbis teach us, Kina, Taiva, Vikavod Motzian, Esa Adam, and Olam. Jealousy, lust, and honor remove a person from the world. That's but one simple line of our great tradition. It's such a cutting insight. If people would follow this, they would be so much better equipped to thrive in the world. And it's so poignant. And who developed this idea? Not Isaac Newton, not Galileo, and not Stephen Hawking. The people who authored this brilliant insight were the rabbis, who received the transmitted tradition of the Torah. Even amongst the non-Jewish nations, we can see how critical God is for human growth. For example, when people are in a 12-step recovery program, they don't spend their time studying the science of the brain. Rather, they surrender their lives to God and to God's care. About 100 years ago, the Chavetz Chaim of Yisrael Meir Kagan had a granddaughter who veered away from Torah observance. She is said to have visited visited her venerated grandfather during World War I, at which time she said to him, Zaydi, when are you going to join the enlightened world? At that time, there were warplanes flying overhead, a very first in human history. And in those days, they would literally toss bombs out of the window. The Chavetz Chaim turned to his granddaughter and he said, you see those planes? Someday, the people who made those planes will put men in the moon. And you see those bombs? Someday, they will make a bomb that could destroy humanity. That is what the world has produced. And what do the Jewish people produce? We make mention. We make human beings. What does the Torah produce? The Torah produces human beings of great caliber. That is the fruit of the Torah. And that is our goal for each and every one of us. In engaging with the Torah, Asherenu, we are so fortunate to have this great Torah. It teaches our our purpose to walk in God's ways. Fortunate are we in our lot to have such a rich Torah as our inheritance. After all, Lo levado haadam, a person does not live by bread alone, kol but rather. By all that emanates from the mouth of Hashem, does a human being live?